0: The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. I want to speak for a few minutes here this morning on a message called The Spirit, The Water, and The Blood. Now you say, but pastor, this is a fire conference. Now, how many of you have seen people here that you can see they have fire? And that fire is the fire of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. So when God comes, he saves you and then he fills you so that he can use you. And that's what happens around here people come they get saved and then he fills them so he can use them but I want to read from 1st John chapter 5 if you'll go there with me and from verse 1 to 12 let me read it to you he says here whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him and be, that begat loveth him that also is a begotten of him in other words You've got to love your brother. You can't say you love God and you don't love your brother. But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this love, this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is He that overcometh the world? but he that believed that Jesus is the Son of God. How many believe that he is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. That's why you can walk into a place and you can see someone. And when you see them, suddenly you have a witness that they're child of God. How many have ever had that happen? You walk in a place, you see somebody, and you think, I think these people are saved. And I've had that happen to me in the craziest places where there's no sign of anything. And then you're looking at them, and you go, you're a child of God, aren't you? Why? It's the Holy Spirit on them, in them, and the Holy Spirit in you, and it bears witness. He says, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, And there are three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, but the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of the Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life, and he that hath not the son of God has not life. This is the reason why we have to spend our day about our father's business, and obviously you go to work, because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. But we meet many people that walk in darkness, and many of those people will never come near a church. So you are the church that's going to them, and God will give you opportunity to share the life that you have on the inside of you with them so they can come out of darkness into life. And when they come out of darkness into life, you, when you meet them, you won't believe what they used to do. Like, I'm still struggling with that girl's testimony. <laughs> she says she was a drug dealer. I believe it, but she don't look like no drug dealer to me. She didn't look like a saint. And that's what God will do is take an ain't. God will take an ain't and make him a saint. Turn to your neighbor, say, I'm not an ain't. So I'm a saint. Yeah, because you're the saints of God. So Does that mean that you've got a nice little halo above your head? There used to be a program years ago on television called The Saint. Remember, Simon Temple of the Saint. And there was always some scene we arrived on, he gets out of his car, and then suddenly there's a halo that appears above his head. <laughs> So, no, some people don't have a halo over their head, but the faces shine with the brilliance of the glory of God. That you can see there's something different about that person that's different from the normal crowd, and you'll be able to pick them out. So the witnesses are in heaven. Verse 7 talks about the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 speaks about on earth the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Now, you could say that's referring to natural birth because a woman carries a baby in the womb and then the, before the baby's birth, the water breaks and then the baby comes out and there's blood and everything so, and the spirit is in the child. So you could term it that way. But you could also turn it to salvation because the Holy Spirit comes at the new birth. And the water is the Word of God that washes you clean and purifies you, and the blood of Jesus is what cleanses you from all sin. That was a great revelation that you had this week, because even though you knew that you're forgiven, but you hadn't, but then God had to show you how much He loved you, and that His blood had cleansed you from all of that, and you could actually let it go. You can let it go. This morning, you can let go of anything that's held you back from the past. And some of you have some past that I'm telling you, thank God, it's past at last, but you don't want to spend all the time talking about the past. I had a pastor call me. He said, I'm writing my life story. And he said, I tried to commit suicide last week. Because... No, because God saved him from a total abuse and he was gonna commit suicide. So when he was writing it, he started reliving everything. I said, take that and throw it away. I said, why are you digging up the old bones of the past? Because suddenly he started feeling all the hurt and then he thought, well, I didn't kill myself then. Why don't I just kill myself now? He took himself right back into what was already washed what was already clean. I want to say this to you. How many of the Lord saved you and he did a wonderful work in saving you? Now, how many ever meet some friends that you used to do all kinds of stuff with? Do not let them bring up the past. So they say, hey, remember what we did. Look at them and say, that person is dead. That person died. That person does not exist anymore. So yes, it had my resemblance. It had my voice. It looked like me, it talked like me, but that person is gone and gone forever. Come on now. Whoever's fallen into that thing of started to dig up the past. You have something died, you bury it. You don't go dig it up a month from now to look at the bones. Stop looking at the bones of the past. You are purchased, the Bible says, by the blood of Jesus. Now, the fire of God answers to the blood. Wherever the blood is, the fire comes. Because if you go back to the Old Testament and they sacrificed, they had to put the sacrifice on the altar and then the fire came. That's why when we come and we worship God, that's a sacrifice. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of God. So when we come and we worship Him, somebody said, what's the sacrifice? The sacrifice is when you don't feel like it. The sacrifice when the last thing you want to do is sing. When they say sing, you go, I don't want to. When they say praise the Lord, you're no different to the kid sitting in the corner sulking. The sacrifice is when you don't want to and you go, I will. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to give him glory. I'm going to give him honor. I don't feel like it. My body doesn't feel like it. I wished I'd laid in bed and slept a little longer in the first church of St. Mattress. But I'm going to praise Him. When we come and we bring out offerings to Him and, and, and these times of difficulty, the Bible says, they that sow in tears will reap in joy. Are you with me? So you, you're doing it, because you know you must do it. You, that's a sacrifice. You've heard me tell the story of the chicken and the pig. Yeah. The chicken's walking around the barnyard and he's telling all the animals need to give something as an offering. And the chicken said, look, I laid an egg and says to the pig, you need to give some bacon. And the pig looks at the chicken and says, for you, that's an offering. For me, that's a sacrifice. Because the pig can't even give one leg. And then he's a three-legged pig walking along. And they say, other pigs, are, what happened? Why well, I gave my one leg as an offering. The chicken made me do it. <laughs> so under the old covenant, when they built an altar, which this is an altar... The Lord gave me two scriptures when we first built this pavilion. The one is in Psalm 27:5, For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he set me upon a rock. And then Psalm 31 and verse 20. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy pavilion. From the pride of man, thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Which we still need these two scriptures put up outside. So we come, we bring a sacrifice, we, bring an, we, we build an altar, our worship, our giving. And every time you see an altar built and worship and giving, the fire always comes because the worship and the sacrifice is from us and then God comes with his fire right in the middle of that sacrifice. That's how it works under the Old Testament. That's how it works today, except you don't have an outside altar. You Your heart is the altar and the fire comes down in your heart that passion that first love that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory that could make a constitutional attorney hop up and down and take off running which you have your own professional reputation to god but when you are overjoyed when that fire comes on you you don't really care It really doesn't matter. And that happened with the ministry of Jesus where people went walking and leaping and praising God. How are you going to stop a guy? Uh, Calm down, sir. You don't have to walk and leap so high and praise God so loud. You might offend somebody. Who's going to get offended with somebody who's excited about what Jesus did? The blind man that could see, the lame guy that could walk. What about the funeral procession and the widow, she's going along with the child outside the city of Nain, and Jesus walks up, stops the coffin, raises the boy from the dead. Do you know how they had funerals? You know how Middle Eastern funeral is? You hire professional mourners. So be like if I paid you, so come here, you'll be a mourner. Come here. You can be a mourner, and you, you German, you can be a, Mormon, a more, more mourner, and you, come here. Okay, so these are my four paid mourners, so I want you to stand here, stand here. Now I'm paying you, you have to, you no, know, follow me, because we're going that way, we're carrying the coffin, and you need to wail and mourn, because you, that's what they did. If you don't, if you don't mourn, you're not going to get any money. Stop laughing. This is a funeral. You too. Stop laughing. This is a funeral. Okay. So here we go in the funeral procession. Okay. Stop. Okay. Stop. So now, well, you you guys are pretty good. If anybody needs mourners for your mother-in-law, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. If anyone <laughs> this is called the river mourners and uh, they charge so much an hour and they could come at the time your mother-in-law dies and they can make a lot of noise. And people say, she must have been a great lady. Anyway, Sorry, mom. This is my mother-in-law sitting here. She's a great lady. And so that doesn't apply to my mother-in-law. But so Jesus comes right and stops, stops the funeral procession, raises the boy from the dead. And now everybody's happy. So do I pay you to get happy? Did you see the boy just raised from the dead? So you... T- yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. He's still a little reserved as a German there. Yeah, you were supposed to get happy. The boys are back from the dead now. We'll talk about this later. And that was Jesus we are purchased by his blood and the blood speaks so even when the devil comes to accuse you before God as far as God is concerned they've been washed in the blood of Jesus they are clean and they are pure because the blood of Jesus and what keeps you clean and pure, and the blood of Jesus keeps you holy. Because people say you can't live a holy life, it's impossible. In the flesh you can, but by God's grace and by the anointing, you can. If you are truly saved, there's no one sitting here right now plotting a bank robbery. If you went and you saw somebody taking notes, it would not be how to hold up some bank in Tampa on Tuesday morning well maybe there is I've got some people staring at me and they're going going, how does he know because when your heart changes you're not planning evil you're not planning wickedness you don't want to have anything to do with that Acts 20 and verse 28, we are bought by the blood. Revelation 1 and 5, we are washed. He's washed us from our sins in his blood. The fire answers to the blood. The fire comes. Okay, you go look at the prophets of Baal. They put a sacrifice on but they were not serving God and they cried, they screamed, they cut themselves, but there was no fire. But when the prophet stood there and he just prayed a short prayer, the fire came down and consumed. So the fire answers to the blood. Hebrews 8 and verse 12, he says, I will remember your sins no more. Your sins are washed away. Your sins are washed away. I said your sins are washed away. That means there's a book of every person's list of sins. But when Jesus comes and he washes it, when you open it, it's clear. There's nothing there. And you know how mad that makes the devil? What do you mean? Come on, I know what they did. We know what you did last summer. <laughs> but Jesus steps in and can transform a drug dealer. He can transform the lowly. He can pick you up out of the gutter of life. And just because you live in a country club doesn't mean you're not in a gutter. Some of the biggest gutters in America are country clubs. That's where the crumbs are held together with their own dough. No difference between a skid row drunk and a country club drunk. The one pops his chin on the sidewalk, the other one pops it on a padded bar, but they're still drunk. Still drunk. Isn't it amazing? You get a multi-millionaire hugging a toilet bowl at the end of the night, and skid row drunk doing the same thing. There's no difference. Your money, money doesn't mean, money, money doesn't change any of that. Money can't buy a transformation of heart. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. Can you say amen? So Hebrews 8 and verse 6 says, we have a better covenant on better promises, not by the blood of bulls and goats. If God would send his fire on blood that was from a bull and a goat, how much more will the fire come on the blood of Jesus? Our God is a God that answers by fire. That's why this week across the city of Tampa, uh, St. Pete, Clearwater, Lakeland, all the way down to Sarasota, all the way up to Ocala, wherever the churches are, I'm talking about related to River right now. Everywhere you go, God will honor his word. He will honor his blood and you will see his glory everywhere you go. Because he's not dead, he's alive. First John 1 and verse 7 says, walk in the light. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from all sin. We're not walking in the darkness. When you even get around to any of it, it turns your stomach and you just, you know, you just stomp them right there. They say, look, you know, we, we don't even do any of that. Amen. We walk in the light as he is in the light and the blood of Jesus is the blood that washes you clean You know, we overcome by the blood. Every single one of you, under the sound of my voice, you're overcoming by the blood. For a moment, without getting depressed, just think back of your past life. Think back where you used to be and think where God's brought you to right now. What did that was the blood of Jesus. That's why they want to divide us in every way possible. They try to divide you with denomination. They try to divide you with race. And, you know, they said, oh, we we need to have racial reconciliation. Races cannot reconcile. Hearts reconcile. What do you mean race? Reconcile. You have people that the one's white, the other one's black. They get married. Did they have to reconcile first before they got married? No, they fell in love. What are you talking about? I tell you, we get this racial group and that racial group getting together and reconcile. No, they all need to get Jesus put Jesus in their heart. And when Jesus comes in your heart, you're going to love your brother. Are you with me? You don't even see shades. I'm from Africa. How come I'm so light? Cuz my parents kept me in the house most of the time. But I'm an African. Here's Esther, Stanovia here, Esther, she's a daughter of a pastor, and look at her. She looks like a queen of Africa or whatever. You need to get a big diamond to put it right there. No, but So we both from the same country, but look at her, her shades different than mine. But when you wash in the blood of Jesus, it's not white or black or red or yellow, it's one color, the color of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? That's why we don't tolerate racism in any shape or form. Because when the blood of Jesus, we've traveled to 85 countries of the world. Out of the 85, many of them have got nothing to do with white. Red and yellow and black and every shade in between. But they're people. They're God's people. And he loves them all the same. And when he comes and touches your heart, you don't see. You don't see what other people see. You don't even talk that language. You, you look at somebody and go, what are you talking about, Willis? What are you talking about? That's why we can go anywhere in the world. We can go into the worst neighborhoods. We can go into the worst situation. Everyone is afraid. We can go in with the love of God and the power of the blood and see whole lives change. That's what's going to change Tampa, Florida. That's what's going to shake Tampa, Florida. That's what's going to shake from the penthouse to the crack house to the schoolhouse to the jailhouse to the outhouse. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus washes people clean. You're overcome by the blood, Revelation 12 and 11. you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That's why your testimony is so powerful. And the devil doesn't want you to testify and wants you to shut up. And that's why you even try to put a mask over your fa- face so you wouldn't talk. And I've met people out in the world, they need more than a mask over their face. Some need a bag over their head. They mean it than a junkyard dog, amen. But your face was meant to shine. That smile that you have, people were meant to see that smile. Are you with me? When your face was covered, no one could see you smile. Even if your eyes looked like they're smiling, you weren't sure if they were angry eyes. <laughs> Just turn to your neighbor and give him a big smile right now. No, that's not. Some people sit like this and look like that. That's not your neighbor. Your neighbor's actually a person sitting next to you. Just turn to your neighbor quickly, give him a smile. The other way, turn, give him a smile. Now notice how they changed the atmosphere, just like that. I just saw a wife look at her husband going. <laughs> Say this often to me, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony say this often: the fire of God comes of God. when the blood is applied. The blood, the, blood. The, blood the blood of Jesus. We apply the blood of Jesus in every area of our life. Do you, do you know that I pray daily over every member of the church. This, my wife and I will do this. Father, I thank of every member that your hand is upon them, that your blood is over them, that you protect them from all harm and evil, that no harm can come near them. And I pray that you be about them as a wall of fire in protection because the children of Israel had the fire by night and the cloud by day. When God puts a wall of fire around you, the enemy cannot penetrate that fire and he can't touch the blood. Say this off to me. The enemy cannot touch the blood. And maybe I'm overemphasizing the blood of Jesus, but I've heard the whole churches don't even talk about it for 10 years, never even mentioned the word blood. But it's the blood of jesus that carries us the blood of jesus that carries the church in this hour the blood of jesus that will sustain the church the blood of jesus is sufficient we don't need any other sacrifice one sacrifice was made once and for all it's the blood of jesus that removes the handwriting of ordinance that was against us it's the blood of jesus that came and washed us clean it's the blood of Jesus that seals us to the day of redemption. You can stake your life on what I'm sharing with you because this is not my word. This is God's word. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. This next week, wherever you go, if there's opportunity or cause for um, you know morning or a situation arises that's outside of your control immediately click into the testimony mode and start talking about what the lord's done and start reminding you of what god has done in the middle of the face of the onslaught of the attack of the enemy. You might hear bad news a situation might arise where suddenly they say we're not going to be requiring you anymore at at the job that you've been working at and it's like devastating but immediately you say Lord you brought me through that and you recount the stories of the past and you're going to bring me through this and you'll end up with better you'll end up with a better situation than what you had before because you lifted up your hands and you gave him glory and you honored him. The blood applied. We invoke the power of the blood because when we do that, the fire of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit responds accordingly. Now think about this. The children of Israel, when God brought them out of Egypt, they had the cloud covering them from the heat of the desert, and they had the fire protect them at night. And so that's a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? But they couldn't leave Egypt till they had sacrificed those lambs and they put the blood on the doorpost and the lintels, And they had a feast. Which, let me tell you, was the original happy meal. Because they were leaving captivity. They estimate about 300,000 lambs were being roasted that day. If you know the smell of roast lamb, you know that that was in the air. It was it was distinct. You could not mistake something was up. Something was cooking and God brought them forth. The Bible says with silver and gold there was not one sick or feeble one among their tribes and they came out. He took them through the sea. He displayed his glory. He delivered his people. With a strong and a mighty hand. As you go on down through the years, you'll see there were many instances where God showed himself alive with a display of his power. And it's no different today in 2022 for those that will believe. Because the Bible tells us the story of three Hebrew children Shadrach. Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow. They were thrown into the fiery furnace, except the fire did not touch them. But the ones that threw them in, it destroyed them. And I love what I heard many years ago. It destroyed them because they weren't made out of the right kind of stuff. So the fire will not harm you. The fire of God will not harm you, but harm your enemies. Are you with me? The fire will totally destroy your enemies. Somebody said, yeah, but I don't want my enemies destroyed. Well, then get them saved. If they won't get saved, then just leave them alone. You don't have to touch them. God will deal with them. Are you with me? Because he loves his church. He loves his church. He loves his people. He's very protective over his church. As a pastor, you should have that sense. You should have that feeling. If you don't have the feeling to protect the flock of God, how can you say that you're following Jesus? A true shepherd will get himself right in between the sheep and the problem. A true shepherd is not going to run away. A true shepherd won't be on a beach sipping pineapple juice. When everybody else is having to quarantine and shut down. That's why we were never gonna shut down. How do you even how do you even preach? How would I even preach again? What would I even preach again? That's why there was no option for me. We had no option. I'd have to resign the ministry. And I don't feel like it. I'm enjoying going to the nation of the earth i don't feel like resigning the ministry but i'm not going to be two-faced and i'm not going to preach one thing and live another thing even god either god answers by fire are you with me or he doesn't either god is alive or he is dead but i'm here to announce to you today we don't serve a god that is dead we serve a god who is alive That's why the Lord has protected you and sustained you and carried you because you believed him. You believed him. You trusted him. Isn't that right? I know if you're visiting with us today, I make people nervous because I walk around. It's my Sunday morning exercise. How many would say, with the up of the hand, pastor, over the past two and a half years, we have seen the hand of God and we've seen the fire of God deliver us out of terrible situations? How many had friends and family and loved ones and acquaintances that looked at you and said, you've lost your mind? <laughs> Wave your hand. Anybody heard anybody tell you that you lost your mind? I'm here to certify I'm here to certify that none of you lost your mind. In actual fact, you found the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Jesus. You didn't lose your mind. Aren't you happy? So if somebody says you lost your mind, say impossible, I went to church. My pastor told me that I did not lose my mind. And I've got a great mind. Because one of the things that we saw in the past two and a half years is so much fear. We, there were even ministers said, you can't believe Psalm, 90, uh, Psalm 91. You can't believe it. I said, what? You can't believe Psalm 91. You mean he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty? I can't believe that. What are you talking about? Shut up. Yeah, you can't believe uh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What? Yeah, and you, you can't believe the blood. The blood is going to protect you. They even said, they even said, you can't believe communion. That communion will protect you from the terrible virus that will come and kill you. Excuse you. So then I knew there was an attack on the church because the who said you can't have communion. We mustn't come together in worship because one little globular spit might come out and land on your body, and then you start coughing. You were not even allowed to even like if you just cleared your throat <coughs> if you went <coughs> I'd walk around the mall and joke with people, they they make a cough and go, "What variant is that?" Omicron. If you want to have fun, and I did this. Somebody said, you didn't do it, Pastor. I did. I'd go to the mall, and I'd walk around with my handkerchief. I did. And then I would go. (coughs) And then I'd turn to the person next to me and say, I can't believe this. I'm double vaxxed and boosted. This thing just hit me. You see? (laughs) My wife says, honey, stop it. Stop it now. Stop it. But I'm having fun. (laughs) How many remember that when you went into a restaurant, you couldn't walk into a restaurant without a mask? How many remember that? So I just walk in. I walk right by and they said, you have to wear a mask. Then I sat down. They said, sir, you have to wear a mask. I said, yeah, but when I sit down, I don't need to wear a mask. I'm okay right now. Because <laughs> the, the virus was so intelligent, it knew that you were sitting down. And the virus said to itself, leave him alone. Leave him alone. They're eating now. So to really be totally frank with you, it was really be great. All the midgets must have been happy because they were below the virus line. If you were a midget, you were short and you stayed under the radar. And if you were giant, stand up. If you were like him, you were above the virus line because the virus only was about this level. How many remember the curfews? Yeah, the virus stopped or started at about eight nine o'clock. Eight fifty nine, you were fine, but nine o one, you did, just did. Sorry. Oh no no, this is even worse. You're down to fifty people. If you were number 51, you did. <laughs> Who determines what number you are? Sorry, only 50 people. And you number 51 and you did. All of it, it's not even science, folks. It's not even science. It's total lunacy. It's, to, it's people uh, brain damaged people. And then the church buys into it and says, oh, if you love your brother, then you won't meet together. You won't go hug one another. We people were dying in in in, in senior, senior homes with no family members there. You couldn't even see them and whatever the people died by themselves because of nonsense. How many have seen the plastic coverings over people hugging each other through saran wraps? Now somebody said, Pastor, it's over. It's not in other countries. It's not. The cult still continues. Our president got coronavirus again. He, he's double-vaxxed, double-boosted. I think he's triple-boosted. I think they put an IV of vaccine in him. And every 10 days, he's got coronavirus. You better pray for him that God preserve him because the alternative is not good. I've never prayed so much for Joe Biden as I have the last few weeks. Lord, please keep him alive. We'll end up with Kamala and uh, Nancy Pelosi. Which I'm convinced, if you took her blood, it's basically vodka. (laughs) Mosquitoes bite her, they they swivel around and they. (laughs) No, no, I mean, we're praying for Nancy, we all. Nancy, we pray for you. Just pray the Chinese don't shoot her down in Taiwan while she's there. Somebody said, what are you doing? Nothing, I'm just looking. Because unless each one of you grab this for yourself, it will never be a living reality on the inside of you. It will just be something that you knew in church and you said amen to, but you don't walk by. And this is for every single person here. The Holy Spirit answers to the blood. That's why one more time, God is going to clear the earth. One more time and give us the opportunity to do what we're supposed to do. And you will not be afraid. You will travel. You will go to the nations. You will occupy. You will do what God's called you to do. (laughs) Evangelist Merlin is leaving tomorrow for Venezuela. Who's going with you? Come here. He never had a problem in the virus because he, you know, he was below the virus line. <laughs> he, did. he didn't. He never had a problem. So they're going to go preach in Venezuela. Father, put your hand out to work. We pray the fire around them as they go. Wherever they go, let the fire of God be done and soul saved. Jesus, I thank you for it now. In Jesus name amen use them in a mighty way use them in a mighty way you we see Venezuela shaken by the hand of God Cuba is going to be shaken by the hand of God Central and South America is going to be shaken by the hand of God Puerto Rico is going to be shaken by the hand of God this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world and then the end will come the end is not yet We know the plan of the Antichrist, but this is the hour of the body of Christ to rise up in the power of the resurrected Lord Jesus, the power, the same power that brought him up out of the grave, the same power that rolled back the stone, that same power that lives on the inside of you to accomplish heaven's purpose and heaven's plan, and the Holy Spirit comes right on the back of that. Now, let me wrap this up with this. You know, everybody is afraid of dying. Maybe not afraid. But they don't want to die. I mean, if I said, how many want to die? People say, I don't want to die. How many, Who doesn't want to die right now? Wait a minute. Uh, OK, well, I've got a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a great altar. Oh. Because he said, occupy, telecom, and he hasn't come yet. So what do you mean? Who who wants to live and accomplish heaven's purpose and plan for your life? Thank you. For For the people wearing hearing aids, you can get new batteries outside. We'll replace them for you. But the time will come when you come to the end of your life. And there might even be a situation here in America where we have no clue what's going to happen, where they might be, I'm, I'm just throwing out a possibility. I'm not doing this to make people afraid, but if they could arrest me two and a half years ago, or two years and three months ago, however long it was, if they could arrest me, the first pastor in 150 years to get arrested for keeping the church open, then I might be the first pastor, pastor that gets executed. Somebody said, oh, they'd never do that. Well, nobody believed they would rest the pastor. So the day could come if Jesus tarries where they execute the Christians. Somebody said, well, how would that be for me? There would be such a peace on you and you would know that you're just going to go be with the Lord and it really doesn't matter and you would count as such an honor and a privilege. In actual fact, I know what you guys will do. You'll all just laugh and and you'll look at the executioners and go and just say, go ahead, make our day. Because this world is not our home. We just pass it through. So I'm not predicting that over anybody. I'm not saying, oh, I went to church, pastor, said I was going to die a martyr. Some people already look like a dead martyr, just looking at their face. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that if it comes to that, we're prepared to whatever. It doesn't matter to us. What you don't know, and somebody said this to me last night, what you don't know, that for a number of years now, since I got really public on, exposing everything that's happening globally, and we travel the world. That I had to, every time, every day, I had to say goodbye to my wife Adonica, and care, and to my children and my grandbabies, as though I might never see them again, because I never really knew if something would happen and I wouldn't be around. And I didn't do it out of fear, I just didn't know. Even the day I got picked up and taken to the detention center, I didn't know if I'd ever come out because when they signed the Patriot Act, they can arrest you and, and you never see daylight. As you see some people that overthrew the government January the 6th, grannies with big gulps, some of them are still in prison. Right, so under the Patriot Act, which George Bush signed in, the most, the most hellish document ever signed in American history to take away the rights and the privileges of the citizenry. Wait, you don't even have a right to even be heard. You're just locked away and they make up cases against you. And that's still in effect today. People don't realize that where we are right now is a non-constitutional zone. Who knew that this is a non-constitutional zone? Go read my book. 100 miles from the coast inland is a non-constitutional zone. 100 miles from the coast inland is a non-constitutional zone that means the Constitution is not in effect now they haven't pushed it but it's on the law books That's right. That's right. Yeah. you don't believe it pull it up right. this was all done on purpose how many have you ever flown in from another country you landed on land of Florida when you land you're in no man's land until you come through customs you in no man's land Anything can happen to you. They can take you and send you to Guantanamo. People have no clue what's actually going on. They live in la-la land. You come out of Canada, you fly from Toronto, the moment you, at the ticket counter, the moment you go through the, the, the thing with your passport, they say, welcome to America. You haven't even left Toronto. You're still there, welcome to America. You go to Dublin Island and you clear customs in Dublin. This is you're in America right now. Fortunately, the Constitution still works. That's why the city dropped all charges, and my record was expunged, and my money came back to me, and all I got was a lousy mugshot. But what i'm trying to tell you is that anything can happen and unless you understand the power of the blood of jesus unless you understand the redeeming power the power that washes you clean the power that protects you you will live in total fear your whole life will be governed by fear i don't want anyone in this church to live in fear i want you to live in faith and i want you to live out your life not with reservation not holding back i want you to charge and do what God's called you to do, to occupy till he comes, so that on that day you can hear these words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. How many believe that you will hear those words from the master? And even any of our pastors, I said goodbye to them, as though I would never see them again because I didn't really know. And that's why you need to tell everybody around you you love them. Tell them all the time we love you. We, we talk that way on the phone. We end up phone calls, I love you. I talk to sinners, I love you. They go, I love you too. They don't even know what language is this? Who tells everybody they love them? But love, it's time to love people and treat people kindly and, and have no fear and you know don't always be watching your back, you know, and you're all nervous. We have a lot of protection here, but that's not because I'm afraid. It's so that I can protect you. I don't really care too much about me. Do I look like I need protection? If you see people with me, I'm protecting them. Some of them are in a witness protection program. No, I want to encourage you here today you say, Pastor, can I put my whole weight on the Word of God? Yes. Can I put my whole weight on the blood of Jesus? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times, yes. The blood of Jesus is sufficient to cover every area of your life, and the fire of God responds to the blood. Come on, River Church. And it's because of the blood that you can walk around and tell people about Jesus. It's because of the blood that you can walk up to people and say, your sins are forgiven you. Somebody said, you have the power to do that? That's what Jesus said. Who needed to hear this today? Say this often. There is power in the blood of Jesus. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads, if you would, please, right across this room. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, even in your homes, I want to give an invitation. If you're here today and you fit into any one of these categories, maybe you came here today, a friend brought you, or you tuned in, you've never, ever given your life to Jesus. Friend, I want to ask you a question. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? you went home and put your head on your pillow and breathed out your last breath, where would you go, where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, sinners plunged beneath their blood, lose all their guilty stain today. The power of sin is broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come in one way and leave another way. Today he calls you. Today Jesus is standing with arms wide open. He says, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Will you surrender? You might never have another opportunity. Today your life could be required of you. Would you surrender today? He loves you so much. Secondly, maybe you came under this pavilion today. You gave your life to the Lord in days gone by, but you've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should. But today you say, I'm coming back. You say, I don't want to be lukewarm, which is a five. I don't want to be a zero, which is cold. I want to be a 10, which is on fire. Maybe you allowed the things of the world to come in. You lost your first love. You lost that passion. There was a time when you were on fire for God, but you lost that. Maybe it's something hidden. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clunk the heart of man. But today, he said, I will put a new spirit within you. Maybe it's something outward that everyone could see and you feel like, what's the use? Everybody knows how bad I am. But Jesus comes and he wraps his arms around you. He said, I will take out the stony heart and put it in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Will you let him do that today? You say, how do I let him do that? You surrender. Will you say, yes, Lord, come. Save me. Wash me clean. He loves you. Maybe you hear under the sound of my voice or you're watching in your homes and you had a storm come against you, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. But today you say, you know, I'm coming back. I'm gonna fall in love with Jesus. I heard testimonies today. If God can do it for them for them, He can do it for me. Will you surrender? And then lastly, if you're here or you're watching in your homes and you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord with all my heart, but I don't have the assurance that I'm a child of God. The devil's always lying to me telling me that I'm not saved, but today I want to know. I want to know that I know that I know that I know I'm a child of God. If this is you and you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you for you right where you are quickly. Put your hand up right now and say, Pray for me. There's hands there. Another hand over there. Quickly raise up high and say, Yes, Lord. Another hand over there. Another one at the far side of the back. One right over here. Another hand back over there. Quickly put it up high. God's speaking to people. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Just slip it up high and say, Yes, Lord. Yes. Today is your day. You can feel your heart pounding away. God's calling you and says, Today is your day. Once you've raised it, you may put it down. I want you to look at me right now, if you would. On this far side over here, my right side, your left, all the way to the back. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, put that hand up right now and say, include me in the prayer that you're gonna pray. Just slip it up high and wave it so I can see it. Anybody else? I see your hand. The middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, put your hand up right now. Quickly, slip it up high and say yes. Yes, yes, yes. I see your hand back there, I see your hand. Anybody else, quickly. Slip it up high, slip it up high. I see your hand, and then the far side, my left, your right, you didn't raise your hand, but you wanna be included quickly. Put that hand up and say, yes, pastor, that's me. That's me, I'm not leaving like I can. God bless you, I see your hands. I want everyone that raise your hand. to stand, please, all across the building. Stand, stand. I'm gonna ask, bring your purse of belongings and come. Down there, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Come, today is your day of freedom. Come. I have to follow Jesus. To follow I have decided 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 to follow Jesus. It's fine, brother, it's fine, it's fine. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. before me, the The world behind me. I want everyone standing here to just look at me, if you would, please. We're going to pray one simple prayer, one simple prayer for us all. And you that are watching in your homes, as I pray with them, you pray with me. I want you to close your eyes right now and raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. If you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. Won't you pray this together? Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word. If I confess with my mouth Jesus is my Lord and my Savior and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So Father, right now I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart Put in a heart of flesh, wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world and I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose from the dead for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord. For saving me now. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Doctors Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.